focus on what you do best. Make sure your members know what all you offer, including the mortgage program, but obviously beyond that. Uh, some sometimes in in our conversations with potential partners, you know, it's pretty clear that that isn't always happening. That they don't even know, for instance, with regard to the mortgage product that their credit union, uh, in fact, offers it. Welcome to Talking Mortgage Podcast, presented by True Home Solutions, a podcast dedicated to helping you bring your members home. I'm Doug Holscher, president of True Home Solutions. Here you'll find meaningful ways to serve your members, valuable knowledge from the mortgage industry's top experts, and stories from credit union-minded folks just like yourself. Thanks for being here. Well, welcome in. It's uh, I'm excited for this conversation, Doug. It's going to be a good one. So um, I'm Justin Rickliffs, and we have the pleasure of um, working together with you on, on a bunch of different projects. And um, when, when your team made the mention of, of being able to have a conversation with you around uh, how to increase credit union profitability in 2021, there's clearly no better guest and, and thought leader to have that conversation with. So, uh, Doug Holscher, president of True Home Solutions, thanks for carving out some time with us. Hey, thanks, Justin. Glad to be here. Of course. Uh, let's start with uh, your story. T- tell us a little bit about you, your background, how long have you been leading the True Home team, and, and then we'll get into the, the specific topic. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I started uh, in public accounting. Super exciting there. Back when <laughs> Pricewaterhouse was Pricewaterhouse, not PwC. Um, spent about four years in public accounting and uh, left for my first job in credit unions, I worked in the corporate credit union network at U.S. Central Credit Union for about 14 years and uh, ultimately moved on to a small community bank uh, here in Kansas City that focused on uh, commercial lending primarily. And then uh, took the job here at True Home in late 2015. So just past the five-year mark here at True Home. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And I know it's been clearly a whirlwind of a of a year and a half here, just to, to make that understatement of the century, right? Um, help us, you know, kind of Real quick, set the stage for what's taken place in the credit union landscape, specifically in the mortgage industry uh, over the last 12 to 18 months. Well, I think everyone probably knows that it's a crazy time in the mortgage business. Uh, Rates are clearly at all-time lows and have been throughout most of 2020, setting new all-time lows several times throughout 2020 and here in early 2021 as well. So uh, it's obviously crazy with the volume, uh, with the refinance volume. Uh, it's a strong purchase market as well, too. But right now, frankly, we're just try- struggling to keep up a little bit like everybody mm-hmm. in the mortgage business, uh, credit unions and non-credit unions alike. Yeah, no, no question. If you were proverbially stuck in an elevator and someone said, hey, what's True Home Solutions? What do you guys do? How do you answer that question? Typically? Yeah, the elevator speech. Um, <laughs> I guess I think of it as... Socially distanced, of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, I think of it as um, we're what is known as a third-party origination services provider, but really what we do is we aggregate um, volume where you can leverage expertise and technology. Mm. It's really, really difficult in the mortgage arena to afford the technology that's needed to originate, um, trade the secondary market, and service mortgage loans. Uh, most credit unions simply don't have the scale to do that. Mm. And I think what a lot of people overlook is the complexity around mortgage lending to do it right, to do it in a compliant fashion, and the leadership uh, in the mortgage industry to do that right, to do all of those things right, mm. 
is is pretty costly. So it's really important to build scale, and that's what we're helping to do on the part of credit unions. Yeah, love it. I love it. You, you answered before we even got to the fourth floor, man, so nice job. <laughs> right. um, it, it's an interesting segue, though, because the, the topic that we're, we're helping credit union leaders try to understand here today is how to increase profitability, which is a really interesting concept in the nonprofit space, right? So right. Um, maybe even a little bit taboo to talk about profitability. But I, I think it's a great segue into this topic of um, why is driving profitability more important now than it's ever been, specifically in the credit union mortgage space? Yeah, so even for credit unions that are technically cooperatives, uh, not-for-profit, so to speak, uh, it's really still important to maintain profitability. Um, you're constantly having to implement new technologies, build scale, maintain profitability, uh, hire the right people to help run the cooperative, the credit union on the, on behalf of the membership. So in an ever increasingly competitive world with more scale, uh, more consolidation happening uh, elsewhere in banking and, and in credit unions, frankly, mm. uh, elsewhere, it's important to be looking for all sources of profitability so that you can keep offering the technologies, the products, the services uh, that your members ultimately need. Mm. That's great. How... how I mean, I, I guess I would love to understand, of course, that that makes sense. And, and decision makers are thinking about that all the time, I'm sure, and their boards right. are. Um, what challenges do they, as they anticipate what's on the horizon this, this year specifically, um, how do they start to anticipate that? What struggles are they facing? Like what, what kind of, you know, behind closed door conversations are they having about how to tackle some of this? Well, I would imagine uh, there's a lot of uncertainty around how economic conditions are going to unfold in 2021. We certainly are having those conversations here at True Home. There's a lot of things that can go in a lot of different ways uh, here in 2021. Um, do you need, in our case, uh, or in, in the case of credit unions, perhaps to staff up in certain areas? Do you think you're already staffed appropriately? Um, do you not want to get too far out over your skis, given what, what may or may not unfold as, as 2021 progresses? Um, and I keep coming back to this theme. It's an ever-changing technological landscape. You have to maintain relevance and even try to position yourself as a technology leader, uh, either as a, a financial institution or, in True Home's case, as a QSO. Uh, it's it's increasingly important to stay out in front of those technology investments to make sure that you're always relevant for your members. Yeah, and and I I know a little bit of the context, so it's it'll be helpful to hear you unpack it. But you've had some experience in a previous life trying to do that internally. I, I just think there's so many. Um, you, you you bring such an interesting perspective because you've you've been there, done that, so to speak. Like you've had this um, experience where you try to manage some of this internally, both from a technology standpoint and an expertise standpoint. Um, so how, how, how has that story kind of shaped the way you're leading this organization? Yeah, so honestly, uh, in my, my life uh, at a small commercial lender here in, in Kansas City, uh, we also uh, banked the, the, the business owners, who are some fairly high net worth folks uh, in, in for most part, and we wanted to offer the mortgage product to them, and we we thought, and uh, leadership uh, thought at the bank, that it might be a good idea uh, to start a mortgage program that, that went further than just uh, originating the mortgage loans for those, those business owners. And not knowing really that uh, solutions like mortgage CUSOs that can serve credit unions, uh, third-party origination services providers, 
uh, really existed, we, we went it alone and, and tried to build in-house. And uh, through a, a series of fits and starts, more, more fits than starts, <laughs> I'm afraid, we found out that, uh, you know, we, we finally got our operations figured out. We finally got the right technology in place. But um, sitting in the CFO chair, as I did, uh, you realize very quickly that the costs accumulate faster than the revenues uh, for a startup mortgage program. Uh, and we simply did not have the scale in production. Uh, to have justified that that decision, uh, we were successful in other lines of business, but the the mortgage vertical uh, just did not work for us. Mm. And I'm I'm curious to hear more of those. What were some of those fits? I mean, it sounds like there were. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't like the plan was bad or the opportunity was wrong. It was. What were those fits? I mean, it, you've you've unpacked a few, but I'd love to hear more. Well, you know, I think in some ways the plan was bad. Um, mm. I think it was. Mm probably not likely that we were ever going to achieve the volume levels that would mm. really justify us starting a mortgage program from scratch. But I think we went the wrong direction in terms of uh, uh, who we initially hired uh, as, as uh, leadership in the area. There wasn't a, a, a central focus on operations. Uh, it was more on the revenue generation side. And, mm. and, and uh, that's great. You can, you can find borrowers and you can theoretically sell deals, but um, really understanding all the complexities, the compliance, the risk that goes along with a mortgage program uh, is, was was pretty difficult uh, to start from ground zero. Yeah, absolutely. That makes total sense. How, how do the human resource conversations typically play out when you all are either onboarding a new client, talking about their current landscape, or even potent, their potential landscape? I think what you all do so well is is paint this picture of aspirational what, what could it be like, right? So right. And you're in, when you all are in those conversations around the staffing side, what are some considerations there? Well, there's, there's certainly staffing considerations here at True Home, but um, more of that conversation focuses on our potential partners or existing partners as they kind of evaluate their operations and what they can maybe look like longer term. And uh, it's, it's difficult sometimes uh, perhaps to make the decision that you believe that you should make uh, that would result in the best return for your credit union and for uh, your members. Um, so we do run into that from time to time where, where there is uh, some rub in terms of what we do. Um, but uh, as I mentioned, it's really difficult to scale and get optimal financial results for your membership and offer the best uh, technology and services to your membership uh, in some cases without the requisite scale. Sure. And, and uh, we're coming off the heels of obviously record loan volume. So, so from a, from a macro level, right. But that wave won't always continue. <laughs> so, so I mean, maybe it will. We're confident of that. Okay. All right. Yeah. I will say maybe it will. I yeah. guess we don't exactly know. Yeah. Um, but as, as you've witnessed this, you know, kind of specifically the last five years at True Home, but even broader, um, in, in the last couple decades, how do, how does your team advise or consult partners with kind of the, even the ever changing landscape of market conditions and economic factors? Sure. So, you know, we, we run into conversations with potential partners, um, and, and frankly, even as success stories, some mm -hmm. current partners that have grown their origination volume enough to where they might consider an in-house solution, mm -hmm. um, they may engage a consultant, and uh, the consultant may make some recommendations for them. 
And I think what we find too often is they focus uh, perhaps in the here and now, i.e. things are great here in 2020, and they project to be pretty good in early 2021. Uh, mm-hmm. Or more often than not, they tend to focus on the top line revenue opportunity. And they don't fully account for all of the hidden costs, maybe some not so hidden costs, um, that really add up when you want to run a mortgage program. Again, back to the complexity and the technology and the expertise, those really all translate to cost and ultimately to uh, you know, lower profitability. Um, so in lower origination markets, and it's not just the volume that goes away in a lower origination market, um, the margin uh, when you are the lender and you're responsible for all aspects of uh, the mortgage program, the margins run away when the volume runs away as competition for deals in the mortgage space heats up. And so it's either kind of all working for you or all working against you. And it's uh, we sometimes encounter partners or potential partners that aren't looking uh, at what the program produces or doesn't produce more appropriately uh, in down market conditions. Mm. No, that's awesome. It's fascinating to see um, how in real time, you you all have to be nimble and evolve and yeah. be um, be very responsive to yeah. client needs and market needs for sure. Let's paint a few specific scenarios for folks. So let's say we are in the small production camp, right? We, we've got a, a, a fairly small, um, even pond to fish in for our for our members. Um, Number one, we, we use this acronym sometimes, and maybe it'd be helpful to hear you define it, but we use this, you know, kind of buzzword of TPO. Um, what is a TPO? And then specifically, how do we, um, in that specific context of a small producer, um, what, how, do, how, do, how do we talk about that and, can, and consider for them to partner with us? Yeah, sure. So uh, third-party originators is what a TPO stands for, and it basically is a partner that helps you originate a mortgage loan. So in our model, uh, it's not not the case with with all folks that might help a credit union uh, with a mortgage program. But in in our case, uh, the credit union is actually the lender in most cases, only exception being for government loans where the the credit union partner is not a FHA or VA approved lender. Um, So yeah, we're we're a TPO and it's really our job uh, to provide a consistent uh, return uh, back to that credit union partner. And, you know, really the smaller uh, the partner and their opportunity in the mortgage space is, the more important it is probably to buddy up with a, a, a partner of some kind that can share this cost burden across many clients. Yeah, that's well said. Um, and I think something that that's even can help drive the profitability piece is the reality that sometimes they're not even communicating very clearly or consistently to their own membership, let alone attracting new members, but their current membership that, that maybe there's even some marketing materials and different programs that you're, that, that true home helps those individual credit unions start to tell the story to their own membership. Sure. We find that quite a bit. Um, And it's something that we're always striving to get better at is uh, helping our partners grow their penetration in the mortgage product uh, into the membership. Um, But for sure, I think particularly for small and medium-sized credit unions, uh, one thing I would encourage folks to do is probably find a buddy 
to help you with the heavy lifting and focus on what you do, um, serving your members, bringing those members back into the fold uh, for what is actually the largest financial transaction of most people's lives. And if servicing that, uh, that asset is involved, um, you're talking about a relationship that's going to go on for 30 years. And if you're a credit union, you certainly want that uh, regular contact to be with your credit union, not with someone else. Totally. And as you say that, my mind instantly went to the, the tagline that's so beautifully and directly well-spoken here at True Home, bring your members home. Um, most members aren't home, right? No, that's, that's absolutely true. Uh, I think the latest statistics I saw was uh, the credit unions uh, nationwide had about an 8% market share of mm. all mortgage originations. So the way we like to say it is roughly one in three Americans actually is a credit union member. They may not use uh, them as mm. their PFI, but one in three Americans belongs to a credit union, but fewer than one in 10 get their mortgage mm. from a credit union. So part of our mission, really our central mission, is to change that, to increase that penetration. When you really think about the 8% statistic, too, in terms of uh, the mortgage market penetration by credit unions, a significant component of that is driven by a relatively small number of very large credit unions that are doing very well with the mortgage product. Mm -hmm. So again, it's really the small and medium-sized credit unions, probably, I'm guessing, up to about a billion dollars in assets mm -hmm. that may be missing out almost entirely. That's crazy. Yep. No, you're totally right. What Are, are there specific programs that your group helps those those credit union partners with in terms of trigger you know I, I mean are there are there programs that you're helping them to retract attract and retain sure so I mean you want always want to start with you know where 80 percent of the market is and that's uh, you know kind of conventional space um, you know the stuff that's Fannie Freddie eligible um, a lot of our partners have very unique portfolio products that fit their membership very well um, and they'll, they'll a lot of times just hold those loans on their balance sheet, which is, which is totally fine. Um, but because very few credit unions, uh, relatively speaking, are FHA approved, some are VA approved, uh, VA is a little bit, uh, less involved for approval than FHA lending. Um, very few credit unions really offer government lending and that's basically 20% of the market. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, that's a lot of first time home buyers, um, and such that, you know, a lot of times it's. Uh, maybe lower income folks, um, maybe have some dings on their credit um, that uh, that really might need those those uh, government loans, those government backed loans, and in in a lot of ways, that's kind of in a lot of ways who who credit unions are are intended to serve is uh, kind of serving the underserved. So, government lending is a great avenue uh, to try to get into. I'm trying to understand a little bit deeper. You you made a comment about credit union mission being about serving the underserved. And of course, that's that's not the full membership. Um, but as a mission and as kind of this fabric of the the ways that you impact the country through, through the credit unions you work with and in their real life communities, right? Like I think it's one thing to have a conversation sitting in the True Home headquarters and a little bit removed from yeah. the, the communities. I, I'm just wondering and, and, and curious about in your role as the president, did things bubble up to you? Some of these real life stories of some of your partners that that bring in that you know 
first time home buyer in a market. And I know we can't share specifics, but I'd love to know, are there stories there that, that resonate with you all deeply about the work your team gets to do? Yeah, sure. Our, our uh, internal uh, sales team, Jeff Boston does a great job running that team for us. And, and, and we do hear periodically about, hey, it was really gratifying to help get a member into their first house. Um, a lot of times we have to work fairly hard uh, to look for the right loan product uh, for a member to try to get them the loan that, that's right for them and, mm-hmm. and help them uh, achieve their dreams. And, uh, you know, over in our servicing team, too, you do hear of a lot of stories uh, that are very much in line with what you're talking about. Um, Doug Batten and his team do a great job of being really empathetic. And that's something we really stress uh, in our mortgage servicing arena, where a member might be having a, a tough time, and we really do everything that we can. Not all decisions are ours, obviously, in terms of what's possible. But we work with them in every way that we can always being understanding, always being respectful and trying to understand, you know, what that person's going through on the other end. And I think Doug and his team do a great job with that. That's awesome. Yeah. You don't, you don't hear that word empathetic a lot in the mortgage business probably. So (laughs) so probably not. So to think about, but I think that's what's so refreshing about the the, the team you're leading is um, it is still about the humanity and these, and and nothing has been more evident than the last 12 months or 12 plus months um, around what we've all collectively gone through with the pandemic. And so to tie it back to our topic, the profitability, I'm just curious, like what would happen over time? And maybe some of this is projection, but credit unions who, who'd utilize an external partner compared to those who don't potentially over time. And maybe it even kind of ties back to your experience, right. Um, of fits and starts. So whether it's anecdotal or, or data-based, are, are there any trends or, or thoughts around hey, credit unions who use external partners over time? Yeah. At, do X with profitability. Is there any way to answer that question? Well, I don't think there's a great data set around that, but I guess I would liken it to a little bit. Everybody probably has their own investment portfolio working toward retirement. And, and, and I'm sure everybody thinks a little bit like I do. Is it time to get in, time to get out of the stock market? Well, I think it's a little bit like that, trying to time a mortgage market. And I would, I would bet um, that over time, it's probably a losing proposition unless you're doing probably a couple hundred million dollars a year in origination volume or more that the down cycles are ultimately going to yield kind of a net negative financial return for you. And, you know, I think it even goes further than just the pure numbers. The distractions uh, of running a program when it really kind of isn't in maybe uh, a particular credit union's leadership wheelhouse to spend the executive leadership time uh, because at at smaller credit unions, medium-sized credit unions, again, people tend to wear a lot of hats and they have a lot of competing priorities and to have, um, you know, your, your attention pulled in so many different ways. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's going to be a big challenge numbers aside, which I don't think probably work uh, at, at lower volume levels. Yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah, it, it makes total sense, Doug. And it's, it's a really helpful way as we as we near the end of this conversation to bring it back to that credit union decision maker okay he or she is thinking through this stuff in real time um and 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 i'm just put us in the seat what kind of pressure are they facing what kind of 
decisions are they facing? Who is who is part of that decision? Is that a board? Is that their team? Like, I, I'd just be curious to hear the the flip of the question of what does it look like for your partners? Like when you've come in and removed some of those distractions, removed those fits, grown profitability, um, alleviated burden, been empathetic and understanding what they're going through. Uh, what does their life look like now? Well, we'd like to think it's simplified for sure. Um, you know, there's there's so many things that go into running a credit union, and you're, you're really just looking for the best outcome for your members. And to, uh, I guess, take your eye off the ball in so many other areas uh, to try to build out a mortgage program uh, with all of its complexities and, and investments that are required uh, it's it's really really difficult and and I can say that honestly as someone who was a part of a, a, a trial and a failure uh, in my previous life, so you know I would I would encourage everyone and and it sounds a little bit self serving but there are a lot of good partners in the space it's not just True Home Solutions, uh, but there are, are are several good credit union owned uh, partners potential partners in the space. And I would really encourage uh, small to mid-sized credit unions. And, and some, sometimes credit unions in the mortgage production outpunch their, their size. Uh, they're very good producers at fairly small asset sizes. You know, but in general, if, if you don't think you're going to be able to get pretty quickly to where you're doing easily in excess of $100 million, we would probably say $200 million realistically mm. to afford the infrastructure burden associated with it. Um, it might even be higher than that. There's a lot of different ways you could look at the analytics, but... Uh, we really would would encourage folks to consider using a partner um, like True Home, but again, there are others in the space that are that are, are good partners as well. Okay, that makes sense. So, so how about if you know you've talked about these credit unions who who potentially lack the opportunity to scale, or they lack the resources? We've talked tons about technology and the staffing piece, but what would be the upside potentially for folks to? tap into the expertise and the knowledge and everything else that's taking place beyond those two concepts. Yeah, I would say um, there's, a, there's a huge advantage to having a variable cost structure, a 100% variable cost structure. Um, so we don't charge any of our partners any upfront fees uh, to partner with True Home, and our, our partners only pay True Home uh, when loans close. And so there are a lot of other QSOs in the space. As I said, there's several. Um, that would work on a variable basis too. And the reason that's so important is you're not layering infrastructure onto your organization that will be very difficult to pay for when the market turns south. Um, so for instance, back in 2018, it looked nothing like 2020. Uh, domestic U.S. production was probably roughly half what it is in was in 2020. And those margins get very, very skinny as the market competes for those, uh, those mm-hmm. few borrowers that are out there looking. So um, if you look at your program through cycles, having a fully variable cost structure always gives you a positive outcome in every market condition. Okay, so that makes sense. What, what if, can you give us an example? I mean, if there was a properly structured partnership arrangement, what, what would that even mean to their bottom line? Can we talk in, in specifics around what that possibly could look like for folks? Yeah, sure. So on production, um, independent mortgage bankers historically make about 50 basis points. Now in 2020, uh, the number was obviously significantly north of that. But um, the world's going to get back to normal here. So conservatively, I I think a credit union could probably make uh, 50 basis points, perhaps more. Uh, So on $10 million worth of production, and you don't have to keep that production on balance sheet. You can sell it into the secondary market uh, with a partner like True Home. 
and you can make $50,000 on $10 million worth of production. Now, for a $500 million credit union, you've just moved your ROA north one basis point. Now, we would say for a $500 million credit union, that $10 million in production uh, would be very, very achievable. In fact, multiple times that would be achievable. So, you know, you can do the math if you were able to get to $50 million in production, as many of our partners do, some of them that are, are smaller than $500 million in asset size, uh, you could move your ROA north by five basis points, again, without really retaining any risk associated with the program if you simply elected to sell all of the loans. That's great. As we wrap up this first episode, let's bring it back to our core focus, Doug. Can you leave us with some closing thoughts on the importance of profitability for credit unions? Well, I think it all boils down to member service, right? If, at the end of the day, uh, if you can't maintain uh, a competitive technology suite and the right products and services, uh, ultimately those members are probably going to find their way to other alternatives in the financial services marketplace. So it's, uh, it's not the mission, profitability and credit unions for sure, but member service is the mission at the end of the day. And that's what we're, we're about is, is helping uh, credit unions achieve those goals. It's wonderful. Doug, as we end every show, we always send our listeners off with three true home tips. So this quarter, we're going to talk about tips towards profitability. What are your three top tips? Yeah, sure. I I would say uh, focus on what you do best. Make sure your members know what all you offer, including the mortgage program, but obviously beyond that. Uh, Sometimes in, in our conversations with potential partners, you know, it's pretty clear that that isn't always happening that they don't even know, for instance, with regard to the mortgage product that their credit union, uh, in fact, offers it. And we, we experience that, too, in sometimes with our outbound triggers program that we discussed a little bit earlier, where the members simply did not know that the credit union offered mortgages. I would say uh, get into government lending. As I said, it's about 20% of the market. Um, really helps those first-time home buyers and some lower-income folks uh, get into the home and the mortgage that they need. And... I would say, again, maybe just a little self-servingly, consider using a partner. The numbers really do add up where you can get a consistent return, a positive return with a fully variable cost structure. I think that's really, really important to not layer in levels of infrastructure that are not going to look uh, very profitable in a down market condition. Well said. Doug Holscher, president of True Home, thank you for your time and, uh, and, and sharing your wisdom with us. All right. Thanks, Justin. Looking forward to the next one. Thanks for listening and for being part of the credit union movement. If you found this valuable, I'd love it if you review this show from wherever you find your podcasts. From all of us at True Home, we're thankful you're here. Keep tuning in to more on how to bring your members home where they belong.